Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode 90, A Millennial Perspective, part one. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello and welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Brother Scott and I'm here with a very special guest today. This is Olivia. Olivia happens to be my daughter. So thank you for joining us. You're welcome. It is my pleasure to be here. (laughs) Well, we're very happy to have you. As uh, some of my audience may know, uh, we got introduced to Zena through you. Yes. Because you and Zena used to work together and became friends. And you had her over once to, to uh, I think you guys watched movies or something and mm-hmm. had pizza and we heard her and we thought, wow, she made a great <laughs> guest for a podcast and then um, a, a, a host. But uh, we thought we were having some conversations recently where you and I were talking about, you know, people that you meet in this generation and the questions that they have. So we're going to kind of discuss that. I'm going to name this episode a millennial perspective. And so why don't you give us a little bit of background, Olivia, kind of where are you coming from? Let let the audience know something about you. Yeah. So, I mean, I was pretty much raised in a church, you know, because you've been preaching pretty much since I was born before then. So, you know, I've always had a good foundation. Um, And, you know, like uh, your like thoughts kind of changed, like evolved a little bit over time. But, you know, the roots are always the same, still the same. And I just feel like I had a really good ground grounding and um understanding of the king james bible from a very young age which a lot of people are not fortunate enough to have um and we were always like in that like in that middle ground of christianity where we weren't like evangelical in your face but we you know always had a very like thorough foundation of you know what it means to be saved Yep. And a lot of people that I have come across nowadays have a very different background um, uh, of Christianity, a very different understanding of it. Right. How do you think it was different? And, and what, what have you noticed that were some of the differences that you experienced? Well, I feel like I've had um, the opportunity to actually learn the Bible and because I, you know, we were told to like memorize certain verses and like understand it we had to discuss them we Mm -hmm. had what they meant to us what we thought that they meant um and we like actually got to read the bible it wasn't just sitting you know in a church board with you know uh, a message that just completely went over your head as so Mm. many children are in that you know in that scenario 
Or, you know, they're from families who call themselves Christians, you know, they don't go to church, they don't own Bibles, but maybe their family raised them a certain way and they've just continued on that path without ever looking past the word Christian. They just like to call themselves Christian, maybe their like political beliefs kind of align with whatever you would may think Christians would have to believe. Yeah. But they don't actually read the Bible, understand the Bible anything beyond a very surface level perspective. I I find that's a very common thing. Even growing up in my generation, Mm -hmm. you could say, like I would, growing up in South Louisiana, in a family that didn't attend a church, Mm -hmm. I always felt a little bit left out Mm because I I didn't have that connection. And in South Louisiana, most everybody was Catholic. So when you would say, you would meet friends and whatever, well, I can't do this because I go to Mass, and you didn't know what they were talking about. And then they were always very... Uh, uh, very identified in their minds as a Catholic, Mm -hmm. but never demonstrating a faith, so to speak, not, not living a life of whatever that was supposed to be, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think even today, a lot of people might put the label, just like you're describing, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Jew, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Buddhist, whatever. But are they actually living by the tenets of that faith? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like they're not really doing that. It's just, like you said, just a label. Mm -hmm. So you had... um, you had questions we were talking about, and you actually sent me a list of questions to, to discuss, but I wanted to ask you, are these questions that, like you even said, most of these you have a, a basic understanding mm-hmm. of, but you feel like a lot of people your age wonder about these things. Yes. Are these questions that you're having discussions with other people about? Are they asking you? How are they coming about? Yeah, I mean, it's <clears throat> mainly with the people, my friends, who have been raised in a you know so-called Christian household but never really learned anything about Christ yeah. and the Bible and what it actually means. So I'll have co- try to have conversations with them, and they really don't know how to discuss it with me. Mm. And they haven't really flat out asked me, like, oh, what does this say about this? They just kind of assume that they're right for not knowing in a way. It's very strange how it is now. Yeah. I think a lot of Christians even will say, my pastor says, or yes. my church teaches, or they sort of defer to the so-called higher authority. Or they'll read a book of some guy who talks about the Bible, and instead of reading the Bible for their self, they just kind of automatically trust another person on what they have to say about it. I, and I've encountered that too. Yes. That even to this day, there are people that I would consider to be pretty faithful brethren, mm-hmm. if you will, but uh, some of them with as much uh, uh, experience they've had searching scriptures tend to read books instead of the Bible mm-hmm. and then say, to me, have you read this book? What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Like, no, then now I have to go read it. <laughs> so I tend to not be one that reads a lot of books, although I started recently doing that. And so I'm going to I'm gonna say um, there's a caveat I'm going to put about our discussion because you grew up with my teaching of Scripture, which was based on a truth that we sort of focused on called rightly dividing the Mm -hmm. word of truth. You probably had that drilled into your head many, many times. And our perspective at that time was that Paul is the apostle of the Gentiles, which he is. And he was given authority to preach the gospel to the whole world. uh, and, And we made a distinction between that message and the message that was intended for Israel. And that's still true. There is a Israeli salvation message. I think we went too far in 
distinguishing ourselves mm-hmm. from the rest of Christianity as if to say we've got this special thing. And we we excluded the rest of the Bible. Mm. I think you, you learned a lot about Paul's epistles. You learned a lot about what the scripture says concerning salvation by grace through faith. Yes. And all that's important. And it is foundational. But there was a point at which I did begin to come to some conclusions that I was reading some things wrong. I was interpreting some things wrong. And when I, go, when, when I went back to measure them against the scriptures, my theology had to change. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the fundamentals. The fundamentals remained the same. Right. Christ died for sins. Paul's the apostle to the Gentiles. We're saved by grace through faith. None of that altered. But the, the exclusion of the rest of the Bible altered for me. Because I kept being told, Paul's the apostle of Gentiles, his 13 epistles, that's what you need to read. Mm-hmm. And I keep reading Paul's epistles, and he kept saying, as it is written, as it is written, over and over again. Mm-hmm. As if he's trying to say, don't just read me, read the rest. Mm-hmm. You know. So when I started looking at that, and I had to start correcting some theology, I began to realize I was missing something. A bigger piece of the puzzle that I never really taught you and, and the, your brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what made me start this podcast. And the piece of the puzzle is going to be the basis upon which I'm going to try to respond to these questions because it's really the focus that I want to try to get out today. Mm-hmm. And that, that focus is this. <clears throat> Christianity today is very, um, very much based on, I'm going to use a term, it's called Christoplatonism. Plato, the philosopher, mm-hmm. a, a, a Greek philosopher. And Christianity adopted a lot of that philosophy along the way, and it became a very anthropocentric idea that God created the world for man. Mm-hmm. Okay? And uh, that's kind of how Plato looked at the world. Like, man is the, uh, is the uh, apex of God's creation. Right. And we're here because there's something so special about us. And to the exclusion of, like, history begins with Adam and nothing else matters. And I was beginning to question some things. And that's when I started to read some books and I found other authors that were thinking like I did. And I began, okay, I'm not crazy. (laughs) I'm not the only one thinking about this. And so the premise is that history is ancient. Mm -hmm. And it goes back, I don't know how far. Not the 6,000 years that man has been on the earth. Mm -hmm. But that God created heaven and earth in the untold ages past. And the earth and the universe was occupied by angels. Right. The sons of God. Mm Mm-hmm. And that at some point in that history, no matter how long, I don't care if it was millions, billions, thousands, I don't know. But at some point during that time, there was a rebellion of those angels against God. Mm -hmm. And there was a resulting catastrophe. And God renovated the earth from that point. And he made man for the earth. Right. Not the earth for man, Mm -hmm. but man to replace what was there before as if to say, this is going to be the last act of this saga. This is going to be the final deciding factor of this eons old battle that's been waging mm-hmm. between Lucifer and his angels and God and his angels. And he was trying to prove something by making a creature called man 
that's less than the sons of God, mm -hmm. lower in stature and, and capabilities. Mm -hmm. But knowing full well that that individual that he created to worship him would also rebel against him too. Yes. But then turn right around and offer a plan of redemption for man, but not the angels. And this is the product of that battle. It is far bigger. It's like a science fiction Star Wars story mm -hmm. in a way. So as we go through your questions, we're going to use that as the overriding precept okay. of what we're doing. And let's just see if maybe that helps explain why I think a lot of Christians in all religion really mm -hmm. are truly ignorant about the spiritual realm and they're sort of hyper-focused on their lives yes. in a very myopic and almost selfish way. Yeah. Would you think maybe there's I, something to that? I would agree that? with that. Absolutely. Okay. So before we get to your first question, I'm going to read one passage of scripture out of Proverbs chapter two, because what we're talking about is we're trying to glean wisdom from the word of God. Mm -hmm. you know, we're, the, the, the podcast is called Bible Mysteries. So we're trying to solve mysteries or answer questions based upon the word of God. I'm not one of those that goes out and travels the world and digs up ancient ruins and f digs into the pyramids or looks at the bones of giants and those. There are people that do that and they're, mm -hmm. they're brilliant and God gifted them in a wonderful way and I'm glad for their, their ministries. So mine is to take some of that same information and then to compare it to the scriptures, you know. So Proverbs chapter two, verse one says, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. And by the way, uh, Proverbs was written by Solomon, mm -hmm. who was the king of Israel, one of the kings of Israel. Uh, he says, so he's writing as though he's going to pass this wisdom on to his kids. And he says, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her, notice wisdom is a... Uh, pictured as a woman, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. In other words, he's saying, if you seek for God's wisdom, he'll give it to you. He'll honor that faith. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. A buckler is like a shield. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. So we're going to use the Bible as the foundation for wisdom because there's this book was written in a way to hide the truth from the most intelligent creature that God ever made, which is Lucifer. Right. So even though a person can read the Bible and comprehend the words in the English, if they're reading in English, <clears throat> They're spiritually understood. So he gives the wisdom to his saints, he says. We've got to have a relationship as God, as our father, before he's going to reveal the truth of what's in this book. Otherwise, we're not entitled to know the things. Mm -hmm. You know, That's the kind of wisdom we're talking about. So your first question was, what will happen during the revelation? Mm -hmm. Now, t talk to me about specific... There's a, a lot that happens in that book. So mm -hmm. is there something in particular or just the whole synopsis? I guess, yeah, the, the Cliff Notes. The Cliff Notes version? Yes. 
So really, it's it's 22 chapters, but it is the time of the end. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with us teaching that there were going to be a seven years of tribulation. Mm-hmm. Remember that. So it is basically all these things are going to occur in that time. Things may lead up to that before the clock starts for the seven years. That will be the precursors for that. Mm-hmm. And it's happening now, I believe. I truly believe the events. I never would have said this, you know, even maybe 10 years ago. But uh, I truly believe that the events that are ha- happening right now are very much precursors to the start of that clock, mm-hmm. probably in my lifetime. You know? okay. And so there's three things that are the primary factors going on, without getting into every specific detail. Right. It's the rise of the, the Antichrist, or the man of sin, he's called. There's the defeat of Satan and his angels in a coming battle, the final mm-hmm. battle between them. And then... The second coming of Jesus Christ. Right. So those are the three pivotal moments in the scripture. There's other things going on. Mm-hmm. There's the destruction of Babylon, mystery Babylon, and there's all the plagues that happen upon the earth, and there's the two witnesses, and there's all these things. But they all focus around what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24. <laughs> he was warning the 12 because they asked him, when is going to be the end of the world? And people think of the end of the world as like the destruction of the planet, Mm -hmm. but that's not what's happening. There's going to be a lot of destruction, Mm -hmm. but the world is not the planet. The world is the civilization that inhabits the planet. Right. So we're not talking about the demolition of the earth. We're talking about the ruin of, yeah, the ruin. Charlie, come. We'll have to edit this out. Yeah, it's always... Always something. We're talking about the ruin of the system on this world that's basically going to be uh, under Satan's control completely shortly. Mm. And that's where that was where we're headed. So Christ answered a question of the 12 in Matthew 24, and starting in verse 4 for the context, Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. So the first thing that characterizes this time is deception, Mm -hmm. a time of deception where people are going to be denying that Christ is the way for salvation, and they're going to look for other means. That's going to tie into another one of your questions later. Mm -hmm. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Well, we're... And, (laughs) and, you know, when you think about it, there have been wars and rumors of wars for as long as time... Much, man has yeah. been on the planet, <laughs> yeah. you know, at least after the days of Noah, for sure. Yes. You know, so, uh, but evidently something changed in the death of Jesus Christ because that sort of began, like that was the defeat of Lucifer effectively. And he knew he missed his, his whole plan. Mm-hmm. His whole plan hinged around Right after Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, uh, God cursed the serpent. Mm -hmm. And you might remember this passage where he said that I'll put enmity between thee and the woman, Mm -hmm. between thy seed and her seed. I don't know if that's it. That's probably not one we talked about a whole lot. I don't recall that one, no. That's in Genesis chapter 3. And so when you think about seed uh, of a a humanity, seed, Mm -hmm. a woman doesn't have seed. A woman has an egg, mm-hmm. and the man fertilizes the egg right. with seed. Mm-hmm. So the seed of the woman would clearly indicate a child. Right. But a woman can't 
conceive without a man. Right. So the seed of the woman was already a uh, a prophecy of the immaculate conception of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing that stands out is the seed of the serpent, between thy seed and her seed. Mm-hmm. He's talking to the serpent. The serpent is Lucifer. Right. He's going to have a seed. The Antichrist is literally the son of the devil. Right. He's going to find a woman that he will conceive through mm-hmm. and bear a child like God did mm-hmm. in imitation of God. And that child is going to be the man of sin, the Antichrist. Mm. He's a hybrid. He's part angel, part human, just as they were back in Genesis 6, which we also didn't talk about mm-hmm. growing up. But anyway, we'll get back to that later. You say wars of rumors of wars. I think really the... The beginning of sorrows we're about to read has started since Christ rose again from the dead. You shall have wars and rumors of wars. See that ye not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation. Been doing that. Kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And every time there's an earthquake, Christians go, oh, oh, it's another, mm-hmm. it's another sign. It's another sign. Well, it is a sign, but there's been earthquakes for a long time. But there probably weren't supposed to be earthquakes. Uh-uh. You know, God didn't make the planet to be unstable. Right. Right. So he says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. When I had a discussion with Ryan Peterson, who is an author I've interviewed, and uh, he believes that the beginning of sorrows really are have been going on for 2,000 years mm. since Christ rose from the dead and defeated Lucifer. That's where Lucifer has concerted his efforts. He, he wanted to stop the seed of the woman from ever being born, and he failed. And then he went, then he tried to kill him, and he did kill him, but he didn't know that through his death, he would rise again victoriously. Mm-hmm. So he lost that whole gambit that he yeah. put on stopping Jesus Christ. And therefore now he wants to do everything he can to destroy humanity so God can't redeem us, because right. that's all that's left. Uh-huh. All the work's been done to redeem us. Now Satan wants to keep as many people from having redemption as possible. Mm. Then he says, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Now that happened back in the day, persecution of Christians, but it's about to get that way again. It looks like we're headed to another time of great persecution of believers in Christ. Mm. And we're going to find out it's going to be more than just, oh, we hate them because they're Christian. It's going to be, we are the only ones that refuse to comply with the coming deception, which involves the mark of the beast. But ultimately what Lucifer is after is to trick humanity into altering his DNA mm. to become not human, mm. to become hybrids as the Nephilim were, the wow. giants of Genesis 6. And so everything hinges upon this because a, a lot of Christians are like running around like, ostriches with their head in the sand mm-hmm. and they're not realizing that this is about to happen yeah uh he finally he says uh there shall many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another and we're beginning to see that rise up mm-hmm. as the satanic global elite pit us against each other right there's a left right paradigm there's a racial paradigm there's all there's russia versus the u.s i mean no matter what you want to find there's some Keep era us occupied no yeah from, distracted yeah I once said that, imagine you're looking at a koi pond, or you're in a koi pond, and you're a koi. Okay. And the koi pond are solid koi and speckled koi. And somehow, the solid koi decided they were better than the speckled koi. 
And so they began to separate each other and they began to battle with each other in the pond. Mm -hmm. A little pond. Yeah. Totally unaware that above the surface of the water are vastly more intelligent beings that breathe air and look down and they're actually fomenting the division and causing the koi to fight against each other, Mm -hmm. manipulating the entire situation. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a picture of humanity right now. Here we are fighting with each other because you don't think the way I do. You don't vote the way I do. You don't look the way I do. And the satanic angels are these vastly intelligent creatures looking down, stirring the pot mm-hmm. to get us to hate each other. Yeah. So they won't pay any attention to that man behind the curtain. Right. Right. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game. And we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true. So you can help us use the satanic global elites own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries premium podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. And then finally he says, Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So there's a salvation that's coming, but he's warning them about the coming deception. So the book of Revelation is essentially focused around the rise of this man of sin, who's going to be the son of Satan, Mm -hmm. and then a coming battle, a war in heaven, the real Star Wars. And I'm going to read that in Revelation 12. And by the way, any point you have a question, if you want to stop, Olivia, you just say, let me know. Uh, wait a minute, explain that. I know you're a little different in that you've heard a lot of this. Yeah. <laughs> but feel free to, if you think, yeah, but I know people that won't understand that. Go ahead and expound on that or explain that. But in Revelation 12, it says in verse 9, uh, verse 7 rather, there was war in heaven. Michael, who is an archangel of God, yes. and his angels, he's got an army, fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. So that's how we know Lucifer has angels. Now, is that a literal dragon? He's called the dragon, but you know what that serpent was in the garden? Mm -hmm. A dragon. Ah. Not a snake wrapped around an apple tree. Of course, yeah. Yeah. He's called the dragon for a lot of reasons, but it has to do with being the adversary. Mm. Okay. And uh, he says, the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not, meaning they did not defeat Michael. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven, which is where he lives. A lot of Christians think the devil's in hell. Right. He's not in hell. Mm -mm. He's up there in the heavens. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. 
Now, right now, maybe some religious people believe in angels. Mm -hmm. But I would say most of the secular world doesn't think twice about it. Yeah. They don't believe in angels. They don't believe in God. To think of from the perspective of an atheist or just a non-theist person. Well, I know a few, like, um, I guess agnostic people who believe in, like, a concept similar to, like, a guardian angel, Mm -hmm. but that's more of, like, a spiritual, like, crystal kind of chakra type of... Interesting. Yeah. They've taken the concept of a guardian angel and they've turned it into karma. In a way, but they do believe in, like, some, like, physical being watching out for them, even though they may not necessarily be like saved through scripture so interesting that you tell me that because my belief is this if you were to suddenly um, walk outside tomorrow and millions of angels descend to the earth what would you think I'd probably faint. Yeah. Like people in the Bible do. Yeah. I mean, clearly they would look different than us mm-hmm. because they're not men, uh, humanity. But um, more importantly, if this happens because it says they're going to lose this battle, Satan and his angels, mm-hmm. he's got a third of all the angels and there's an untold number. Mm-hmm. So there could literally be millions of angels that are f- with Lucifer mm-hmm. in his army. And they get defeated in this battle in heaven with Michael. And they come down to the earth all of a sudden. They're not going to say, hey, guys, listen, we just got kicked out of heaven because <laughs> we lost this battle. Would y'all mind putting us in some houses? You know? Can we chill with you? Can we chill? Okay. What would you, if you had to guess, what would you think the devil is going to say to explain the sudden appearance of millions of advanced beings? That's hard to say. I don't know. I feel like he would try to make it like a very like appealing situation, mm-hmm. you know, like new technology, like aliens perhaps, or just, you know, something that's very easy for people to digest yeah. and be very willing to accept what he's saying. There you go. And if it would have to appeal to people across all nationalities and, and religious faiths, mm-hmm. then aliens mm-hmm. would suddenly bring into question Everything about people's faith. Yeah. And they would obviously be advanced technologically because mm-hmm. they are. Yeah. If they've been riding in these crafts for millions of years, mm-hmm. you know, which I believe what UFOs are, they're angels. Mm-hmm. And they're flying in these crafts. If they're, if they're not angels themselves, they're the product of these angels manipulating hum- human genetics. Right. Through experiments like greys and reptilians or whatever. Those are probably constructed by these angels. And that's why people are abducted. You know, we had a long conversation about this with um, uh, L.A. Marzulli in a couple of episodes back. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to talk more about this in the future with another uh, guest I'm going to have on soon. But uh, the the point being that they're probably preparing the world to come back and they're going to say, here we are. We're not angels. We're not Lucifer and his minions. We're your ancestors. Mm. We seeded the monkeys millions of years ago mm. with our DNA, you know, and all the movies like Prometheus, mm-hmm. all these kind of things are sort of hinting at that. It's going to be the new paradigm. It's going to be the new science mm. at some point. Instead of evolution, it's going to be, well, no, you didn't really evolve. We helped, helped it along, ah. see. And so it's called genetic seeding. 
And that's going to become the new religion. That's going to become. And oh, by the way, they're going to say, you talk about it has to be appealing. Mm-hmm. So what are they offering? Well, we can eradicate disease, hunger, everything else. If you just take this mark, mm. you will genetically move up to your next phase of evolution. Mm. You're going to go from humanity to human 2.0. You're going to be like us. Which is exactly what Lucifer, as the serpent, said to Eve. Not going to lie, as a human, if someone offered to give me wings, I'd, I'd yeah. consider it. You consider I, it? I'd consider it. That's kind of what Eve was thinking. Because uh-huh. yeah. he was, she was told, don't eat of this tree. And isn't it interesting that by eating something, she changed. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like an ingesting something was capable of altering their DNA. Yeah. I, I literally believe that's what happened. They were, they were created sinless. And after they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they sin entered in. So it's almost as though Lucifer is going to offer us an apple. Mm. Not, it wasn't an apple, but you get the idea. A fruit, so to speak. I think it's going to be uh, an injection of some kind. A, alter, a gene-altering gene injection of some kind. That's the mark. Mm-hmm. And once they take the mark, they're going to visibly see themselves differently. They're not going to be just regular human beings. But the problem is going to be that it's going to make them unredeemable. Mm. they will be Nephilim hybrids like the giants were. And what a lot of people don't realize and what we never even discussed in detail was the flood of Noah when it happened was the eradication of a hybrid civilization. Mm. They weren't humans. Right. They were, they were Nephilim. And only Noah and his family remained purely genetically human. That's why the world had to start wow, over again yeah. with them. Yeah. So this war that's coming is going to be the next big thing. And then the third thing is the return of Jesus Christ, because he's ultimately coming back to do something. And here's the thing. The reason if he's God and the son of God and he's eternal with the father, why did he have to be born as a human being? In order to redeem he when he was born, he became human so that he could die. Mm-hmm. You would think, well, God put himself in a very vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. If death is a result of human sin and Christ is born of a woman, Mary, immaculate seed of the woman, but human nevertheless, mm-hmm. but with the genetics of God instead of a man, then uh, why go to all that trouble when he could literally be killed, which he was crucified? Now he rose again from the dead and he redeemed all mankind. But why go to that much trouble? And the answer is because God, when he made man for the earth, Adam, he gave him dominion. Mm-hmm. So God is uh, governed by laws and his word. If he says something, it will be. It will come to pass. So if he says the earth he's given to the children of men, he did not give the earth to the angels. He gave there to men, corrupt as we may be. He gave it to us. So if Jesus Christ is going to come back and reign as king on the earth, what would entitle him to? To that crown. I don't know. Birthright. Mm. In other words, he had to be born a human. Yes. So he can lay claim to the dominion of the earth because God gave dominion to man. So he's the man Christ Jesus, but he's also God eternal. Right. So that's why he had to go through all that. So when he comes back, he's coming back with an army to defeat those angels that are cast down because they're not killed yet. Mm-hmm. And their Nephilim hybrid children mm-hmm. that are either going to be through genetic manipulation, like maybe the mark or something along that lines, the human 2.0. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know if you keep up with the news and things like that, but they're pushing for that big time. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about hum- human 2.0, uh, post-humanism? No. You never heard that term? No. Yeah. Um, all of that's going on right now. Very wealthy billionaires are all pushing for this, mm-hmm. using artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. using genetic manipulation to give us eternal life. Oh. That's what they're pushing for. <laughs> you, you, it's, and remember the coy, distracted? Yes. We're looking at the news and we're fighting with each other over politics. Meanwhile, the satanic global elites, the real puppet masters, mm-hmm. are saying, y'all go burn down these cities and y'all go fight each other in the streets. Meanwhile, we're over here preparing for this invasion, mm. this alien invasion, wow. which they are asking them to come down because they're demon controlled. They are Nephilim hybrids themselves. Yeah. They're already part human and part hybrid. So Christ is coming back to fix all that in Revelation 19, verse 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. So think about it. He's coming to pour his wrath out upon the earth. Mm-hmm. He's going to judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And that's Jesus Christ coming back on this horse. His garment, vesture, Mm-hmm. is dipped in blood of men. Mm. It's not his blood. It's the blood of who he defeats. Right. Nephilim hybrids and humanity that take the mark. Mm-hmm. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. That's us. Mm. Angels and us. Because we, we're sons of God too now. Mm-hmm. Through adoption. Yes. Jesus. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. So wrath of God is coming. God's going to destroy everything that isn't his, Mm -hmm. that doesn't belong to him. When is the last time God did that? Um, When did he destroy humanity? Flood of Noah. Flood of Noah. And what was the reason he did that? Because the Nephilim angel hybrids... Took control. Yeah. Too they, much control. They, they actually literally infiltrated the bloodline of humanity. Mm-hmm. He's doing the same thing again. Yeah. Wow. It's coming back. And incidentally, it's the, it'll be the third cataclysmic destruction of the planet. Uh, the, the second one was the flood of Noah. Mm-hmm. The first one was the flood in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Mm-hmm. And most Christians have no idea. Mm-mm. They don't even want to conceive of the fact that there was an entire civilization of angels that rebelled against God in the ageless past, and God destroyed that planet. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe, you know, your mother and I were talking about pyramids a little while ago. I think they were built by that civilization. Mm. Atlantis, the monolithic Stonehenge, all those type of things, those were probably not built by humans. Mm. Those are probably built uh, perhaps by the fallen angels that did once occupy this planet. And they had the technology because we can't duplicate that today. Yeah. We can't even build the pyramids today, you know. Uh, anyway, so that kind of, that's why I had to give you that little preamble about why we're going to be looking at these Bible questions from the perspective of this spiritual ancient battle because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's coming to a head. Right. It's going to finally be the ultimate end of this rebellious group of angels and Lucifer. Now, your next question ties into this, too, because you asked, are there layers or sections to hell? And so, interestingly enough, when you say sections, are you talking about, like, Dante's levels? Yeah, Dante's Inferno. I feel like that's 
the only like conception of hell that a lot of people have an understanding of or right. they may only think of like just like uh pit at like the bottom of the universe hellfire right. or there's um limbo and that's really yeah. all that people think of limbo as in purgatory yeah, yeah like that okay so it's interesting because there's nothing in the scripture that tells us there's degrees of hell, like the worst offenders are in the bottom, mm-hmm. burning in the flames, and the, the, the least offenders are choking on the smoke above them. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in the Bible that says anything about that. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot in the Bible that talks about compartments in the place we call hell. Okay. So the Greek word for hell is Hades. Right. Or Hades in Greek. And in, in Hebrew, it's Sheol, but it refers to the same place. It's beneath, so it's in the earth. It's literally in the earth, but it's it's really, it's it, we call it hell, but it's literally referred to as the place of the dead. Mm-hmm. So Sheol is even sometimes interpreted as the grave. Well, I mean, pe- there's not a bunch of people in one grave, obviously, you mm-hmm. know, there's mass graves, but... Hell is not a mass grave. It's just that there's a lot of people in there, and there's three compartments in Hades. Mm. So the three compartments are referred to as paradise in the Bible. Can you imagine? Paradise and hell. (laughs) Another one called Gehenna, which is what most people think of when they think of hell, Mm. a place of burning and torment. Mm -hmm. And then there's a place called Tartarus, which in the Bible is translated as hell, but it's also referred to as the bottomless pit. Mm-hmm. So we see the picture of that in Luke chapter 16. We get a, we get a glimpse of it uh, so that we can at least see that there's at least three compartments there. And the way we see it is through two actual people that died. Mm. And we see a rich man and a poor beggar. Now, when Jesus died, you remember there were two thieves that were crucified with him. Mm-hmm. And one of them didn't believe on him and he mm-hmm. regaled him, you know, reviled him. And the other one said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So the other one ended up being a believer at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Didn't get baptized, didn't get circumcised, didn't do anything. He just believed. Mm-hmm. And Jesus turned to him and said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. Well, when Jesus died, he went down into right. hell. So paradise must be down there, right? Mm-hmm. So someplace in hell is paradise, And in Luke 16, we read the story in verse 19. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Sumptuous, it means he ate really good. All right. (coughs) And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores Mm. and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Mm. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So he was in bad shape. Yeah. So here's a man that the rich man never did anything to help. Mm-hmm. Never showed him compassion or love or mercy. And here's the poor beggar suffering. Mm-hmm. And he could have certainly given him food to eat, but he didn't even give him crumbs. Uh, and verse 22, it came to pass that the beggar died. And was watch the beautiful picture of this. And he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Mm-hmm. And he was carried into paradise, mm-hmm. the place of the righteous dead. Which is in Hades. Oh, right. Okay. Which is why those that are there are waiting for resurrection to come up out of the grave Mm -hmm. and go into the land. Okay. So they went down into the earth. The reason they went down into the earth is because Christ had not yet died to make way for anyone to go to heaven. Right. So paradise was in the earth. Mm -hmm. 
And the, the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. Mm. No angels carried him anywhere. No. He just died, and the next thing he knew, he's burning. Mm. So he's in Guiana. Uh. So Abraham's bosom is paradise. The rich man's in Guiana, and he's conscious and aware, mm-hmm. and he can talk and feel mm-hmm. and see. And here, he cried, he says, uh, he, in being in torments, and he sees Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Mm. I mean, they're over there in paradise. Right. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, this man's a Jew, ah. right? Have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. I'm sure they were all Jewish, you know. Well, Abraham technically wasn't a Jew, but he started the Jewish people, mm, right? Right. So I'm tormented in this flame. Imagine a drop of water on the tip of a finger could give you relief mm. from torment. Yeah. That's torment. It's pretty bad. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Mm. So he's sorry you're getting what you deserve, and he's getting what he he's earned, you know. Yeah. And beside all this... Between us and you, burning place, paradise, there is a great gulf fixed Mm -hmm. so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. A great gulf. What is that gulf? It's the bottomless pit. Ah. And there's something in there, too. Mm. What could it be? Want to take a guess? (laughs) Do you have any idea? Uh, I'm not sure if we ever talked about it. I don't know. When you were growing up. Okay, so we'll go to Second Peter. Something's in that bottomless pit. And it's going to tie back into everything that we were discussing earlier. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4 says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, oh. and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Hmm. Angels that sinned, cast into hell, the word is Tartarus, mm-hmm. the bottomless pit, uh, delivered in chains, because you got to chain an angel right. to keep him in hell. Yes, I would imagine. In connection to God sparing not the old world and destroyed it with a flood, what was the sin of these angels? They bred with humans. They bred with humans. They took the wives of men, the daughters of men, and they violated what God said to do. The only creatures God ever gave permission to procreate was humanity. Mm. He never gave angels permission. They clearly are capable of it. So can angels procreate with each other? Evidently not. Mm. So he fixed it so they could not. But they could... Because they're like us mm-hmm. in, in many ways. Right. You know, people are always arguing and they, they want to say, oh, God, Christ said in the resurrection they'll be like the angels. They don't marry or give any marriage. That doesn't mean rebellious angels sinned against God couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. It just means that that's how they are in heaven. Uh, we're talking about angels that sinned here. Yes. So they violated God's law. So what we're going to find out is the act of procreation is the pivotal thing about God's plan of redemption. Mm. Because the first thing he told Adam when he gave him dominion was be fruitful and multiply Mm -hmm. and replenish the earth. Fill it up again. Mm -hmm. There was something here before us that destroyed civilization. Right. Right. Okay. So that's critical because 
God only offered redemption for humanity, not for angels. Mm-hmm. So when an angel takes a wife that's human and they conceive and have children and they're giants, mm-hmm. they're a humid hybrid, Nephilim, they're not redeemable. Mm-mm. And incidentally, when God did destroy that world with the flood and all those Nephilim giants, the children of these angels died. You know what happened to them? Mm-mm. They became disembodied spirits mm. that we call demons. Oh. That's where the demons come from. All right. Because they could not be redeemed. So they're not in hell right now waiting for judgment. Mm-hmm. They're going to be judged in another way. But they had their chance and they blew it. Mm-hmm. So devils or demons that people worship today, they don't realize what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're worshiping the former giants. Mm-hmm. You know. So very interesting. Hey, thanks again for listening. Be sure and join us next week for our discussion with Olivia in part two of A Millennial Perspective. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support.